0: Hi, welcome back to another episode of Cycling Talk Podcast with me, George Mahoney. I'm so excited about this episode because I'm joined by Joss Loudon and Dan Bigham for a very special episode about their hour record attempts. Dan broke the British National Hour Record and Joss broke the World Women's Hour Record. A huge thank you to both of them for speaking to me at such a busy time for them both. Thank you both so much for coming on for a chat with me today. It's been a while since we spoke, so it'd be nice to hear a bit about 2021 before we talk about your hour records. So let's start in August when we had the delayed 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. You each had very different experiences. Dan, what was your role at the Olympics and how did it go for you?
1: So, I was working with the, the Danish Cycle Union with uh, on the track, so focusing primarily towards the team pursuit, but also doing as much as we could in the Madison and uh, in the Omnium. So, we had um, very interesting Olympics, not what I'd foreseen with how our preparations had gone, etc. I think from um, performance perspective, it was successful. We, we picked up uh, a gold medal. Two silvers, so I think we were pretty happy in a fifth place as well with Nicholas. So that was great, and then obviously a lot of fun around all of our es- escapades in the team pursuit and canisio tape and all manner of other things. And um,
2: not quite the fun that you had wanted to have,
1: <laughs> no, no, a slightly different type of fun. <laughs> um, the type <laughs> of fun that creates a lot of stress. They were legitimately some of the most stressful days I've had in my entire life. Um, all crammed into one and it was it was hard work and I, I actually wasn't even out in Tokyo myself Martin and Kasper who were, who were sort of three three of three fifths of the R&D team weren't there so uh, we were trying to work around all the time zone differences and help the guys on the ground to fight our corner um, but I think overall like, I'm quite content with how it went Reflecting back it was just the team pursuit we wanted that goal. It, so, uh,
2: it was um it was actually one of the most nerve-wracking things I have ever like experienced myself was see Dan was in Denmark I was when they were doing the team pursuit I was at my parents house in Norfolk And honestly I, I was like sick with nerves <laughs> it was yeah I think when you see how much work went into it it was really, yeah it was stressful times.
0: Joss can you tell me about being a reserve for Team GB?
2: Yeah, so I actually had a really good time in um, Tokyo and I mean, it would have been absolutely amazing to race both the road race and the time trial. I would have. Yeah, I would have really loved to have done that. But given that I didn't actually expect to be selected um, when I was sort of asked to be the, the traveling reserve um I didn't have any other races on at that time period and I thought actually it's it's going to be a good experience to go out there and I'll get a good training block in and just to be with the the GB team in the camp and ride with Lizzie and Anna like I think I think it was really good it was it was really valuable experience and I'm certainly pleased that I did it.
0: You went to Sierra Nevada to do some altitude training what was that like and how did it help in preparation for your hour record attempts? Do you think this was a big part of your success?
2: Um, yeah, yeah, I think it was really. Um, yeah, so we planned to go to Sierra Nevada because it's yeah, at altitude and we wanted to do a camp and Dan had done a camp there before with the Hoop What Bike team and uh, it had been pretty successful. We both have done some altitude training yeah, in the past and go quite well of it. So it seemed like um, a good time to put that into the calendar and because we had both the World Championships and the hour to prep for. Um, it certainly, yeah, fitted well. And I think that we came off the back of it feeling pretty good, yeah. And we had, a, yeah, just, it was a good trip, wasn't it?
1: Nice time. Show George your ring.
2: My ring? <laughs> I haven't got, I can pretend, okay. Show George my ring. <laughs> so we also got engaged in Sierra Nevada. So it was, yeah, it was extra fun. I think the first week, it felt definitely like a training camp. Like we were with um, Johnny Whale well and Nia Evans. Oh, and Harry Canfield as well and um Jordan. so there was and Geordie yeah and we had so we had a nice group there um and also a film crew uh, Squire uh, because they were doing some filming ahead of the hour so it was yeah it was a nice group but certainly the first week felt like a training camp you know that that riding is hard and you you sort of you eat you eat and you ride and you sleep and you eat and you eat and you eat and you you ride you ride you ride lots and lots of hours uphill um and then dan uh tricked me into (laughs) accepting his engagement by taking me to three and a half thousand meters where there was no oxygen i couldn't say no and um and then after that you know actually just feel a little bit like a holiday
1: (laughs) well i think everybody had a good fun time as well which is always a positive rather than just riding your bike and and yeah, eat, sleep, train, repeat. It was uh, yeah, just a nice, fun, social trip at the same time with yeah, Johnny, Nia, and Harry, and then Geordie, and then my brother and his partner, Sophie. And they came up, and yeah, it was just an awesome week to prepare ourselves.
2: Did you take us all to altitude because you wanted to propose in the Sierra Nevada? Did you plan it all? Made Johnny and Nia ride as well, all part of the plan.
1: <laughs> Johnny was loosely aware of the plans. <laughs>
0: Was it a surprise, Joss? <laughs> um, yeah, it was a
2: surprise and a little bit of a relief because I I I really worried, I was really worried that Dan was going to propose to me at like the World Championships or the hour record or something and do it on live television on Eurosport. And I, I just didn't want him to do that. And, and in fact, that morning I'd woken up and I'd had this dream that that's what he'd done. And I said to him, I was like, oh, I really, I was really cross. And he said, why were you so cross? And I was like, so don't want you to do it. And he, he looked like I'd really like told him off and like really ruined his plan. And I was thinking, oh my God, that's what he's going to do. So that day when we were riding and he insisted that after my session, we had to go up to three and a half thousand 3,400 meters or something, wasn't it? We had to go up to 3,000 meters. Um, and I was thinking, oh, I wonder, I wonder if he's going to pose. And I was thinking, no, he's not. He's going to do it at Worlds on live TV. So when we got up there, um, which was a bit of an effort because I was really tired and really hungry and it was really windy and cold. And we got up there. And then when I went to the viewing platform and, and turned around and he was on one knee with the ring, I was like completely overcome with sheer relief. <laughs> 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 and of course like uh, emotion of course but I think a bit of me was like god it's now and not then <laughs> <laughs> so much actually that I forgot to say yes didn't I
1: yeah it took a little while to get the, the answer out but, um I, <laughs> it, I was quite nervous with the whole thing and then Josh was very keen to turn around at multiple opportunities and all those things just, <laughs> get there, just get there it'll be okay I just not give the game away at the same time um yeah, it was, quite, it was quite fun, I think. You were being
2: really nice, actually, because quite often when we ride together, Dan says, I'm riding at this Watts, and if you want to ride with me, you have to ride like this too. Um, whereas that day, he said, no, no, we'll just take it easy. Like, no stress, we're just, we're just riding. And I was like, hmm, suspicious. <laughs> but I still, I still didn't think that he was going to do it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. At the start of September, you rode the Tour of Britain, Dan. It was great to meet you in person and have a chat with you before the start of stage two. How was that week for you? Uh,
1: very enjoyable. It was my first tour of Britain. It was the team's first tour of Britain, which was quite a uh, surprise to a lot of people because I think people see us now as this top UK continental team. But yeah, it was a big step up for us. And having the opportunity to race against those guys is something that I always relish, really. We don't often get to compete against all the World Tour riders. and head-to-head head, see how we do and stage two was always a massive target for me and for the team uh, but I love the time trial and a team time trial and that was right on my street and we just had bad luck that day on so many different levels that then we didn't really do ourselves justice which is really frustrating and I found that a bit unsatisfying you like you leave the race you're like it was okay and that's never a fun way to finish a race So, uh, yeah, that was a frustrating one. And we had a few more great stages after that. Obviously, Griff was in the break the following day, then I was in the break on stage five, and then Matt in the break, and it went to the line on stage seven. So, yeah, some really cool days for the team. And I think just good fun. Just, it's always enjoyable to race home roads and just put it out there and see what you can do. Uh, Especially when you get to go in the break, I do enjoy those ones. Mm Try and push it to the line, and. Yeah, it's rare they do stick, but it's always fun to give
0: it a go. Next up, you both went to the World Champs, fifth in the mixed team time trial, which I loved watching. Were you happy with how that went? Mm, I think so. Yeah, I think it was
2: would you say it was it was a realistic result, to be honest. I think I think if we had done worse than that, then yeah, we would have been if we'd come and low down, we would have been really disappointed. But I think if we'd done better than that, we would have been. Of course, we would have been pleased. But it would have. It would have, yeah, we would have exceeded our own expectations.
1: Yeah, I think we're. That was like. Um, I guess what's the phrase like a kind of standard result, and that's like mm. weird to say, but. You always hope for more and you want to be on the podium. And we weren't far off. And I think that's always a bit annoying. You're like, if only this went different, if only you had a few more watts, or if only this, the other, mm. you kind of going, what if? And I love playing the what if scenario is going into a spreadsheet and going, Well, if only we did five watts more on every turn, we would have got so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I always enjoy seeing time trial on that. But especially. the um
2: I was gonna say that just that the 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 standard was so high this year, like sitting in the um you sort of sit in this holding room afterwards and you look around and you're like, I mean, this is a ridiculous collection of athletes. You've got the absolute best riders, the best time trialists and, well, yeah, just the best, like, cyclists really in the world, like male and females, and they're all there and they're putting together the men's teams and the women's teams. And I think in that respect, we weren't, I think we probably, we were beaten by very, very, very good teams. Mm. Um, and yeah, we enjoyed it, didn't we? Actually, we will win. <laughs> next year we'll win
0: <laughs> and Joss you had an amazing eighth in the women's time trial congratulations how did you feel about that result
2: yeah I think yeah you play the what if game and I think that I certainly had places where I could have improved um, I think that I kind of almost lost a few places in the back end and through some corners which went a bit skewer so Yeah, I think, no, I am, uh, but I think that I could uh, do more.
0: It was 16th for you in the individual time trial, Dan. Did you get the result you were hoping for?
1: Um, I think the result was probably about where I thought, yeah. But I wasn't happy with my own performance. So it's kind of this weird one. I always focus on the process and not so much the outcome. So the outcome was definitely good, and I was really happy with where I would finish relative to other, I guess, world tour riders or even pro-continue riders. Um, I was the highest placed continental by a long way, so I was mega happy with that. But then you always just look at how you performed, and I don't think it was my best day. I'm Obviously, a bit of a numbers and early dig in and understand how that performance was relative to other ones, and I think I'd done better performances this year, but it's... um, that falls on me really to prepare accordingly to make sure on that day I do my absolute best and I don't know exactly what wasn't right but it wasn't my best uh, ride but yeah to be 16th is wicked and I think hopefully it shows that there's potential to progress and be even higher and obviously just and I play who who did best competition and eighth beat 16 so.
0: Uh, <laughs> well.
2: How are you? We didn't, but actually when Georgia just said
0: that, and Dan, you were 16th, I was like, oh, that means I won. <laughs> 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 so last week you headed out to Switzerland. I know that you've put a huge amount of planning and preparation into these attempts. How did it feel to know that it was finally happening? So, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so so nervous. Yeah. Dan was a lot
2: more relaxed about the whole thing and or maybe, maybe openly seemed a lot more relaxed and a lot more positive um, like positive and confident about it all. I I really wasn't. I think I sort of came off the back of worlds and thought, oh, my God, what have I done? Why have I put an hour world record a few days after, a time trial, a team time trial and a road race at the World Championships? I am mad. Um, <laughs> And Dan was just, you, yeah, Dan was really calm and really positive. And I, I had, so honestly, I cried, like, a good few times. I even thought about running away from Grenchen when no one was looking and going and getting a train and, like, disappearing. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, yeah, so I think, yeah, nerves were high. But, well, yeah, you were more relaxed, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I think I reflected back on it a bit. And I think that was probably, people have asked about, like, what I thought going into it. And it was one of these weird ones that we have done so many practice runs and it's going to sound really nerdy, but I'd like run the numbers so many times. It was a case of like, I know it's doable. I really know it's doable. And there's a lot of confidence you can gain from just being like, well, <laughs> so yeah, it's not stupid. the spreadsheet doesn't lie. The numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. The physics don't lie. You've just got to go and do it. And OK, it's not that it's easy to do, but knowing it's possible is like quite comforting and it's just like the pressure is on but the only pressure is that you need to you need to be the best you can be on that day and you can achieve what you want rather than some races you go in and you're like i can be the best me on the day and you don't know whether you're going to be first fifth or 20th whereas Mm -hmm. you go into the hour and you've run the numbers you've done the training you've done all the tests beforehand and it's just a case of all i need to do is perform at my absolute maximum and this is achievable and that's yeah, really nice to do It's not, it doesn't make the record any easier it's definitely very hard it is it is an hour full gas and there's no relenting but um, it did mean that yeah, I was probably a bit more relaxed knowing that and going into the record and Joss was probably a bit more of an unknown from her perspective because she'd flown in five days later, four days later than me so I'd had more time to prepare I knew the track, I knew the people at the track, I knew what the conditions meant so it was all kind of yeah a bit more
2: I did I did trust you and your numbers though like it wasn't that I so I knew that actually what I needed to do was really achievable like I think I said it before I was like I don't even actually need to have an amazing day I just need to have a normal day but what I was really worried about that I wasn't even going to be able to pedal my bike <laughs> but then sort of like I honestly I went out for a spin like a couple of days after arriving in switzerland and i came back and i was like oh god i if i can even get on my track bike this is going to be a good start but then the days go by and um we had a really good yeah good preparation for it and i think by the time that i did my sort of the my ride the night before the day before um i was like oh yeah no it's gonna be okay i think we're gonna be okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> and how did you feel on the first day morning joss
2: you know I was actually quite calm it was probably the best I'd felt um because uh, yeah like I say I'd had a good ride the, the day before on the track um I felt that I should like I knew that what I needed to do was really really within what what I could do and um everything was really well organized like um it was all quite calm like I know that there was all sort of live streamed and LaCole had put a huge amount of effort into the sort of like sharing the the sort of the news that I was going to be doing it and getting it streamed and but actually when we got to the track it was it was really quiet it was really calm we just had some family and friends there and then the production team and I kind of did it in the way that actually I wanted to do it which was almost just to feel like I'd just rocked up at the velodrome and then ridden for an hour around the track and luckily and yeah that's that's what I was able to do so that morning Yeah, I think I was quite relaxed and thought, okay, let's go for it.
0: (laughs) And Dan, you were great support to Joss before and during the attempt. Who do you think was more nervous before Joss started her ride?
1: I would to say, I think Joss was more nervous than me because I knew she could definitely do it. Joss, 99% of the time, actually, under pressure, just executes. Is really nervous, but it all comes together. I don't think she really flops, at least not very often at all, it's kind of she's really good at getting the best out of herself on those days so I was really confident it doesn't make the nerves any easier especially during it and the most nervous moment for me is on the start line because especially the start that's when <laughs> things can go wrong it's when you can snap a chain or unclip or have a terrible start for whatever reason hit a load of pads and puncture and you're like that, that for me is like peak stress and even like the hours before it, when the UCI commissaires come along, so Justin wasn't completely aware or at all aware actually of all the conversations going on. For her, it's turn up, warm up, get on the bike. And my job is bike has to be legal, everything's ready. But the UCI are there and obviously checking and measuring. And, and the commissaire's like, So, um, rules changed last year, you're not going to be allowed trackside. And I was like, I'm sorry, no, like. The rules used to be for our record, you're allowed trackside. the individual suit, the team suit, you're allowed someone trackside. Ah, uh, yeah, but it doesn't say our record. And I was like, that's definitely an oversight. And they're like, well, you don't think you're allowed trackside. I was like, right, somebody ring Giles Cruz in DCI. who's like, one of the head guys, like, this can't be legitimate. And then came back and like, yeah, it's been an oversight, but they've said you're allowed on the trackside. I was like, praise the Lord. Because if not, basically Giles has to ride blind then, which isn't a fun way to ride an hour record because you're so reliant Every 18 seconds, getting that feedback. Well, how's your lap? How are you paced relative to where you should be? And it was going to be the whole like 20 minutes before. Just finds out that actually no one's there, and she's still going right for now, <laughs> which um, would have been quite scary. um But yeah, throughout the whole. I effort, didn't
2: I... know this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know like... that. I, I knew that there had been a bit of a thing about not being on trackside. But I didn't know that that meant that I wasn't going to get my lap splits. Can you imagine if you told me that? actually actually by the, that morning I was more relaxed I probably would have been like yeah it's fine I, I can pace this I was so chill <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah that, that was nerves but then uh, it settled throughout and then at the back end it's just the usual like just hold it together nothing go wrong because by that point you know there's a good safety net of whatever it was 400 meters or so at that point you're pretty comfortable so yeah
0: how did you feel riding around Joss and was there a point that you felt that you knew that you were going to beat the record?
2: Um, yeah I think I, I didn't I didn't um, like gamble I didn't like really I was, it was quite a conservative ride like I wanted to I don't want to say I played safe like I'm not going to say that the hour uh, was easy or that it wasn't like I didn't push myself because yeah absolutely did but because of sort of pacing it at the beginning I knew what like the lap splits I needed to keep it below um and I sort of eased in quite gently and I knew that I was like I can ride like this this is fine and then so I think it was after about I think I guess about halfway um when I was sort of waiting for the like the pain almost to like really hit to like hit the wall and I was like actually every minute that kind of keeps going by I was like okay I'm still on top of it I'm still on top of it and it was certainly I suppose yeah the last 20 minutes last 15 minutes I was like yeah no I've got this I've just got to like hold it together really and the last 10 minutes is horrible like genuinely the last 10 minutes feels as long as the first 50 like if you can imagine that like it goes by so slowly because like everything is unpleasant at that point so like you're lit get really really dry and your mouth is dry and your mouth is sore and you've got snot absolutely dribbling down your face and it's just it stops it's it's just not pleasant at all anymore um and those minutes just go by really slowly but yeah i, I guess at that point i just knew i just had to hold it together and yeah you just wait for time to pass that's all
0: did you get kissing just afterwards Dan? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that video's gone everywhere. I keep getting tagged. What does success taste like? And just stupid things like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I definitely don't regret it. But um, it was quite a funny one, wasn't it? To get caught on camera. It was salty. I mean, uh, it yeah.
2: And given that I've just said I had snot all dripping <laughs> and, and all the snot dripping down my face as well. Like, I can't imagine it was tasty.
0: <laughs> yeah. You set a new world women's hour record, riding forty-eight point four zero five kilometers. How did you feel when you had finished? Oh, uh, it's just so smiley,
2: <laughs> like really happy. It was it's a really nice feeling. Like uh, it takes a like took a while to get off my bike because you just get a bit dizzy. You kind of a bit like spaced out, and then yeah, pull up, and um, yeah, I guess just really happy. I've got friends and family there, and the support from local. And they were all really happy, so it was just a nice feeling. It was just a real buzz. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I felt desperately relieved at that point because I just felt, I just felt good. Like just, it was just a nice feeling, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And you got presented with the laugh bell at the end. That was <laughs> really heavy. Were you expecting that?
2: No, not at all. The, that bottle was a real surprise. And yeah, you're right. It was really heavy. And I was standing, but posing for these photographs, holding up. And I was thinking, I don't know if I can hold this. <laughs> but it's, um, it's really cool. We gave it, back, gave it to my parents to drive back because we weren't going uh, to use up any of our weight allowance flying it back. So, yeah, weighed
0: So Friday came and Dan's attempt at the British National air Record. Were you disappointed that you couldn't go for the world record? Uh,
1: I don't think so, no. I think it's something I was... I I knew the rules inside out and I knew why, well, at least why I couldn't in that time frame. It was just so expensive, extortionately so, and I didn't have the funding behind me at the time when we said, right, let's go for these records to be able to get onto the biological passport. Um, I mean, a lot of people have criticised me and been like, oh, that means you can go and take loads of drugs and that's just so painful <laughs> which I find quite funny it says I still get drugs tested I still go to competitions and give samples afterwards I got tested after the hour record it's just that I'm not like Joss Joss has to tell them where she is basically every hour of every day so they can just pop along and be like oh it's Saturday at 6am we're going to wake you up and take some blood from you <laughs> and that's basically what the registered testing pool is and yeah, I think after how Friday went, I'm pretty sure I'll end up on that pretty soon and then have a go at the World Hour record. Um, but I kind of, I was, I was quite happy just to target the British Hour record. It was a nice kind of stepping stone, a good achievable one, because I knew the World Hour record, as I currently was, uh, as I currently am, uh, wasn't achievable at sea level. Although I do think it is achievable at sea level, but with a bit more preparation.
0: I put YouTube on as soon as I got home from school, and it was awesome to see thousands of people watching and all of the messages of support. I understand there were some technical hitches uh, just before you did your attempt. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so, Joss had some awesome support from, from Nicole, from a team, drops Nicole, who had managed to arrange Eurosport GCN. It was on the UCI channel on YouTube and everything else, which is great. And then I was kind of uh, wondering, well, how do I do a live stream? And we'd done it before on Facebook Live, literally had Tipper in the stands with his iPhone just panning around. And I thought maybe that doesn't quite cut it for, for an attempt on the British Hour. And I had a good friend in the cycling Dane, Scott Nielsen, who I'd done a few uh, chats with over the past year and I just put it to him, like fancy coming along and putting YouTube Live on. And I don't know if he'd really done it before probably hadn't probably shows he hadn't but he bought a new laptop bought lots of new kit and then the morning of the hour bear in mind I wasn't aware of this I was kind of isolated from it all because yeah I get quite stressed if people throw problems at me. Yeah (laughs) I was
2: like don't tell Dan we'll just sort it out.
1: (laughs) So Scott's new laptop broke and he didn't have his old one with him so then his girlfriend flew out with her laptop and then he had to install all the software and connect all the drivers. And it all got done two minutes before my hour, but it meant that they couldn't get Johnny and Ewan in to do the commentary as well. So it's all this last minute stuff. And then Scott's there like, Oh, we got here. And now I've got to comment by commentate by myself. And as much as Scott loves cycling, He's not a track cyclist by trade and doesn't know the ins and outs of the hour record. The job of you and Johnny was to do that. So suddenly Scott's there like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> um, so it was... Uh, I,
2: maybe, maybe, maybe I should have jumped up into the commentary box. We didn't think about that. Maybe that would have been smart. That would have been good. Damn it. Damn well, just,
1: that was on you to think about it because I, I had no idea, literally, until afterwards. And I went up and then... I sat in front of the computer to do this interview with, with Scott afterwards and was like, where's Johnny? Where's Ewan? They're not on the screen. What's going on here? And then, yeah.
2: I was too busy, actually, riding around the track to get some swirl going, which was really, really, really boring and really <laughs> painful. I was, like, oh, cursing it, but seeing how much Dan... <laughs> how much work Dan put into the preparation of of my hour in terms of all the equipment, all of the kit, all of the support, all of the work with the UCI. And what I did for him was about 15 minutes of riding around a track to get some swirl going. I think it was like the least I could do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you smashed the distance set by Sir Bradley Wiggins. Congratulations. Do you think you could go quicker and what do you think it would take for you or anyone to beat the world record?
1: Um, I think I can go quicker oh and thank you by the way yeah thanks for that Um, can I beat it I think I can I think I also just need to spend a bit more time on a well one on training I said that afterwards I I just need to keep improving as an athlete and I have been getting better and I think that's why I went for the record because I knew from 12 months prior I was in a much better situation so for me to beat Victor Campenarts I need about another 7 watts which isn't much that's about 2% so if I can be 2% better in 6, 9, 12 months' time, then I know I can beat campan Arts at sea level. If I go to altitude, it's a whole other bit of fun, and it sounds very possible, it looks very possible looking at the numbers today. Myself and Johnny were tweaking around and playing and getting all excited. Of, oh, we can go up and do this, it'd be amazing. Um, but I, in my head as well, it'd be quite nice to bring the record back to sea level because Camping Arts went to altitude to break it, and I think um, there's something nice about bringing it back to to the yeah to sea level and where the competition is a bit more level whereas to prepare for an altitude attempt is quite hard work and it's very time and labor intensive and it's not an easy thing to do so to be able to compete on a level playing field against other athletes at sea level would be quite cool and there's a lot of other people i know who are preparing for it who um want to have a go not least people like alex dowsett who is much as a he's a friend he's also a direct competitor and um yeah, it'd be nice to have that battle. We've had previous battles of the hour records like Graham, Graham Aubree and Chris Boardman and we need a modern day one.
0: So there's no time to rest for you, <laughs> Jos. The women's <laughs> tour started on Monday. How have you found that so far? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. So yesterday, oh, it's just
2: really nice to be racing, to be honest, like um, from pretty much when I came back from the Sierra Nevada uh, until when I started yeah, I didn't really feel like I'd actually ridden my bike a lot because it's either sort of resting or racing um and you just I didn't really feel like I'd done a lot of riding so yeah I was really looking forward to just getting on my bike and the British crowds have oh, been fantastic yesterday um through Oxfordshire there's so many people out cheering and that went really well it was good I sort of legs felt a bit sleepy at first but I sort of rode into it and by the finish I thought oh I feel quite good which I think is not usually how most people do a race they generally feel good at the beginning and feel tired at the end but I, I flipped it on his head um but then today oh my gosh we had the most oh just unbelievably cold uh, really really wet and um it was fine sort of endured it but um yeah, a break went to the line and I was not in it. So I lost some time, which was a bit of a shame because, um, yeah, I was definitely not part of the part of the plan. But it's a time trial tomorrow. And then we've got three more days after that. So I just, yeah, just enjoying racing, to be honest. It's been a good couple of years since I've raced in the UK um, and just being just being here with the crowds is, is a real experience.
0: And then you both have the British national champs. Uh, what events are you doing and what are you hoping for for that week?
1: Uh, we're both doing the time trial and the road race. Um, the road race, I think, is just a bit of fun. We'll see how it goes. Who knows? they more of a dice roll. Whereas the time trial, I think we're both aiming to, to be at the sharp end and be competitive. And it's it's quite a nice course, I think. I've always um, pushed to have like a bit of variability to to a course, a bit of technical, a bit of climbing, a bit of descending, and I think it's got everything there. So I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, I reckon Joss will be in a really good place after the women's tour as much as she'll look at me and be like, don't big it up. Just let me fly in. <laughs> <you." laughs> um, I'm quite excited. I think it's going to be a really cool day.
2: I'm just going to agree with Dan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he always has more confidence than me. <laughs> Thank you so much for both of you for coming on for a chat. You've both been amazing guests and have supported me in the podcast so much. So thank you. Hopefully I'll get to see you both soon.
2: Well, thank you very much for having us. You were definitely the top of our list to chat to. So yeah, thanks for having us. And of course, we'll come and chat to you anytime.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Brian.
0: I really loved recording this episode. It was great to speak to Joss and Dan again and hear about their attempts and how their season has been. Good luck to both of them at the British National Champs very soon. If you don't already follow my Instagram account, you can find that at cycling.talk.podcast. The podcast is also on Facebook at cycling.talk.podcast and on Twitter at cycling underscore talk. And as you know, all of my episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, my Buzzsprout website and all the usual podcast places. Make sure to share the podcast with your friends and give me your feedback. See you on the bike.